Welcome to EMG Transformations with Dan Stoll. Each episode will empower you to ignite your inner fire and provide methods to maximize your mental and physical performance. You never know how one valuable insight can make such a big impact. Please leave a five-star review if this episode leaves a positive impact on you. And don't be shy to screenshot and share episodes on social media that you find helpful so we can spread the message and make the world a better place. You never know who may need to hear and the impact it has on them too. We're only scratching the surface. There's so much more to learn. Subscribe and stick around to manage stress, improve your health, and create lasting lifestyle changes. Buckle up and get ready to spark your transformation with Nova Fusion. Welcome to today's episode of EMG Transformations with an amazing woman, the inspiring Amberly Lago. Amberly is a peak performance coach, TEDx speaker, podcaster, and leading expert in the field of resilience and transformation. No wonder we had to have her on today. She is the best-selling author of the True Grit and Grace book and the founder of Unstoppable Life Mastermind. Through her book, coaching methods, and masterminds, she has created unique tools to teach others how to tap into their superpower of resilience and elevate their lives and business. Amberly, I admire your strength and appreciate your vulnerability as you are truly one of my go-to sources for inspiration. Thank you so much for the impact that you've made on my life and for joining us today. Oh, well, thank you so much for that wonderful introduction and for having me on. I've been looking forward to this and it's just been great getting to know you and I'm excited I'll get to see you in person soon too in April. Yeah, like I was saying, I'm pumped for the event to meet you in person. And, you know, truly, I'm grateful for this time together as well, because from day one of hearing your story, I felt just so drawn and connected. We have different stories, but the way that we've navigated through is so similar. And, you know, I've always felt like you are someone that's just supposed to be in my life. So I'm always watching your content. And, you know, this is a big circle moment for me. So thank you so much for taking the time today. Oh, well, thank you. Um, uh, we were talking before we hit record and I was like, hey, sorry for the way I look today. I'm showing up with a full on shiner, like swollen black eye. And I think my nose is broken, um, was wrestling around with my daughter and um, my the coffee table got the best of me. I did a face plant. That'll teach me to mess with her. Um, But we were having fun and then it all changed into eight stitches in the head. But I was like, I've been so looking forward to this and I did not want to miss this opportunity to get to see you. And so thanks for having me, even though I might not look that resilient. I'm here. (laughs) I'm here. (laughs) That's the definition of resilience showing up when you may not feel like it, when, you know, you, you don't you have these things going on in your personal life and you just got to keep on going with grace as well. So like true grit and grace, like it says right behind you there, like you are the definition of that. So showing up with a scar without a scar, like, you know, that's how we do it here. (laughs) 
Yeah, I got to keep moving forward. The show must go on. Exactly. The show must go on. And you guys should see that coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I have to say I was I went to get coffee yesterday and I was at I was at Starbucks and this lady looked at me and she goes, you look like a mess. And oh she goes, what happened? Or should I even ask? And when did that happen? And I said, oh, it happened last night. She goes, oh, well, then you wait till you wake up tomorrow. Your eyes are going to look worse than they are now. And I was like, Thanks, and you have a good day too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The audacity. I'm like, <laughs> oh my goodness! But yeah, you should see the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, let's let's just kick it off with your backstory here. I always love doing that, and you know, especially highlighting those experiences and the struggles, even that you know shaped you into who you are today. Yeah, well, you know what? I think that um, growing up with an older brother who we used to roughhouse a lot, like he used to beat the crap out of me. No kidding. That that inspired me to get into Krav Maga and Muay Thai and and kickboxing and regular boxing. Um, I wanted to get strong. I think it also inspired me to be a better athlete. Um, and I was a dancer. And I think that being a dancer and an athlete and having a great dance instructor and a mentor and coach, it, it really helped me to learn to get gritty and push through and get back up again. And um, it also taught me some things that I had to kind of unlearn. And that's where the grace part comes in, because I was all about the grit and all about pushing through the pain and kind of ignoring the pain signals and not listening to my body. And I think later on in life, after I had a near-death experience when I was hit by an SUV while riding my motorcycle, um, you know, I was I was woke up in the hospital out of a coma and learned I was going to have to have my leg amputated. And they said, uh, "You've you've got a one percent chance of saving your leg from amputation." And in that moment, you know, all I heard was okay, 1%, then there's still a chance. I need to find a doctor who's willing to take that chance with me. And that took 34 surgeries and months in the hospital for them to save my leg. And I think having the mindset of an athlete, like all I was doing was every day, just getting through the day. Like, how can I be my best that day? Which is what, what can I eat that's going to like change the outcome of my healing? Like I completely cut out all carbs because, um, when your body is stressed, your, uh, Blood sugar levels, I didn't know this until I was in the hospital, they rise and sugar causes infection and there was such high risk of infection going on. So I had to like completely cut out carbs and get really intentional about the food I was going to eat. I had a, my own refrigerator in the hospital room. Um, I practiced gratitude in the hospital to keep my mindset focused on the good and what I could do. And then the doctors thought I was kind of crazy because... I asked for a pull-up bar over my bed. I was completely bed-bound. I had to use a bedpan. I mean, I couldn't even stand up. Um, and they're like, what do you mean a pull-up bar over your bed? And I was like, yeah, I need to be able to, to keep my upper body strong. I might not be able to get out of this bed, but I want to be able to pull my body up to use my bedpan. I want to be able to keep my body strong. And it wasn't like I was like, oh, I'm just working out because I want these muscles. I had to do what I could to, to make myself 
think, okay, I'm moving in the right direction. I am doing things and, and working out, I think has been such a blessing to me because I knew that as long as I moved my body, it would release endorphins. It would increase my confidence. And so I still move my body before I do events. I'm down doing pushups before, uh, I do any, uh, you know, every day I make a, a point to move my body. I'm in my workout clothes now. And um, I think a lot of those things helped me to develop the mindset um, to have the resilience. But later on, after pushing and pushing and pushing and ended up in the hospital over and over again, um, that's where I learned the true meaning of grit is not possible really without, I don't think, without connection, connecting to yourself, connecting to God, connecting to others, and also learning to give yourself grace and learning to listen to your body. And that's how we really become resilient. Wow. There's just so much to like pick apart in that. And, you know, I feel like, like I said before, like there's just so many connections within our stories. And honestly, like, I feel like I'm, I've been in that grit place most of my life and I'm transitioning into the grace where yeah. I actually through a mutual friend, Heather Monahan, she introduced me to faith and getting my Bible for the first time last year. Really? Yeah. And so that's been a huge transition for me. And, you know, the more I lean in, the more and more miracles I see in my life. And these things that are happening, they're just so unexplainable. Like, to be honest, like when I did my podcast and I'm listing out all the guests I want, I'm listing out all the realistic ones. And then I go beyond the realistic and I go, I want Ed Milet. We want Mike Tyson. We want Amberly Lago. I put that in my big names of, oh. and like now it's happening like a year later. So like the wow. fact that all of this can unfold and manifest and, you know, just getting in tune with that frequency, getting in tune with that positivity, because again, with the healing too, I always say like a positive mindset and an attitude of gratitude. Those are some of the first steps that you can take to make that transition to start changing your identity, changing your beliefs and getting those new results. And, you know, that's, that's what your story embodies. And for anyone out there going through that adversity, like those small steps, you know, they lead to big changes over time. Yeah. And that, that just, that makes my heart so happy to hear that. I love Heather. She's a good friend of mine. She was actually one of the first guests on my show um, when I first started like five years ago. And um, I think when you are in alignment with who you are and what your purpose is, like things, you start meeting all the right people. I, I feel like the the right people, when you are in that frequency, um, you start meeting the people that you're supposed to be connected with. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I feel like that's that's what's happening right now. <laughs> it's magical. <laughs> oh, well, thank you again for having me on. Yeah, of course. And, you know, another thing that you mentioned was that that athlete's mindset. And I've played basketball for over 20 years and I actually want to go into youth coaching. And, you know, that that mindset, it's really the foundation for 
you know, life in a sense for everything that I'm going through. It's like, you're always going to have those ups and downs throughout a game. The momentum's going to come. You're going to have hard times. And so you're going to have to get through that. And yeah. you, know, you can't just give up on yourself mid game. You can't give up on the team. And so that's where like that, that resilience comes into play for me in a sense. And getting that 1% better each day, like you actually are the 1% that you, you found a way against all odds. And just maintaining that mindset i'm curious like how did you really lean into that when everyone else is telling you no like where did that true belief in yourself come from well you know i think growing up i was always the underdog i mean i was uh never the smartest i mean in, in fact um I, I was diagnosed with adult adhd um, but when I was younger, it all makes sense. So when I was in school, I got put in the special needs class and I didn't really fit in there either. And I kept getting into trouble and they're like, what is wrong with this girl? I was like bored out of my mind. Then when I was in eighth grade, I was tested for talented and gifted program. And they're like, oh, she's actually really smart. But when you're told you're not smart and something's wrong with you and it, it really sticks with you when you're that young. And so it was a lot. And I always felt like, okay, I just have to study more and do more and be more like that. I was just like, how can I work harder? Um, And, you know, I, I was never the best dancer. So I took more dance classes than everybody and I made company. And so I think that the, the mindset um, that helped me all along was like not letting someone else define what I could do in life, you know, and when somebody would say, oh, that's not possible, or you'll never make it, or you're not good enough, or who do you think you are? That to me, um, call me crazy, but that's motivation to me. When somebody tells me I can't, I'm like, oh, thank you for the motivation. Now watch me. Here I go. But, you know, there, I'm not, with all that to be said, I'm not saying that it's always easy because I still have self-doubt creep up. Um, I would say the thing that helped me the most when I was really spiraling down into depression and despair and feeling like giving up and having a big self-pity party when I was in the hospital was um, I noticed, I mean, there was one night I was watching an infomercial and there was this beautiful girl running across the beach and her family was chasing her and she was in a bikini and I was like, oh, wow. What if I can never wear a bikini again? What if I can never run again? What if I can't chase after my kids? What if my husband leaves me? I mean, the, what if I lose my leg tomorrow? And I'm looking down at my leg that's held together with these metal rods um, and completely just cut open and exposed. You could see the inside of my leg all the way from the hip down. And I was just spiraling down and I noticed, I thought, wait a minute, I can either keep thinking on all the what ifs of the things that could go wrong, or I can be grateful. And in that moment, I grabbed this little notepad that somebody had brought me at the hospital and I started writing down every nurse that was helping me, every doctor that was on my team helping me, every single client that was coming in, bringing me food, flowers, visiting me, um, my friends, my family, everyone, I started making a list. And I also was making that list so I wouldn't forget to write thank you notes because I was pretty drugged up. And I was like, well, I do not want to forget to write a thank you note. And I noticed when I started focusing on all the things that 
um, I did have and all the things that, you know, all the people in my life that were showing up for me, how it shifted my whole mindset to all the things that I actually could do and I did have. And so now gratitude has been a practice of mine that I still, I, I do every day. And I say practice because some days are a little harder than others, you know, but there's always something to be grateful for. And I have a group of ladies, we call ourselves the God Squad. And I think sometimes it helps when you have some accountability um, because it's sometimes easy. Life gets lifey, things get eventful and busy. And it's like, but when you have um, a group of friends or um, you know, uh, even a mentor or coach or somebody that you can be accountable um, two, it helps you stick with that practice. And so we write down 10 things that we're grateful for every day and we share that. And it's one thing to actually write it down and focus on what you're grateful for. It's another thing to actually express it, but it's also so different when you get to read what somebody else is grateful for, because that helps you put everything in perspective. It really shifts your perspective to see, you know, like I had a friend that she, she was grateful for it was her last chemo treatment. And I'm like, wow, I'm upset about a black eye. I don't have cancer. This is going to go away. You know what I mean? And so gratitude has, has really helped me. But I have to say, I think also it's so much about everything you consume, either like the books you read, the podcasts that you listen to, um, what you're scrolling through on social media. And it's also about the people that you surround yourself with. Um, I always say, get rid of the doggy downers and stick with the puppy uppers. Um, I, I don't want to be around people who are just energy vampires and negative and just suck the life out of you. And I think you can feel that when you're around someone, you can, I don't know, I can feel somebody's energy and, and, um, so I just try to stick with the people who like, like, like you're doing, you know, people who are on the same frequency. Yeah. And something that I got all of that is like, it's always a choice, whether it's, you know, leaning into the positive thoughts when, you know, everything is seemingly negative on the outside, when you're looking down and you have to go through multiple surgeries, like how do you find the good in that? But you did. And, you know, it's always a choice, just like surrounding yourself with the right people. Yeah, it may be uncomfortable to, you know, distance yourself and maybe cut some cords. But, you know, at the end of the day, like we have to put ourselves first when we go to sleep at night, who who's with us at the end of the day, when we wake up, who's with us, it's always us. So we have to make sure that we're the priority. And, you know, self care, putting ourselves first, that's not selfish, that's so that we can be the best and we can, you know, serve and support those who are in our circle and who's constantly uplifting us. So it's a mutual exchange and we're continuing to grow together. So that's something that I love. And especially with the community that you're building, I know a few mutual friends in there and they say that it's, you know, just so supportive and they're getting so much out of it. And, you know, with the event, like I'm so excited to witness that firsthand myself and just meet all these amazing people that are just uplifting and, you know, the God squad and all of it. So I'm, I'm pumped. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You know, I really, I prayed for, I was like, you know, like for my mastermind group, I was like, please bring me faith-filled women who want to make a positive impact on the world. And that's exactly what I got. And there's something there's just something magical and there's something different about the event. It's really, you can feel like there's, there are faith filled people in the, and, and that God is there. And that's one thing that, 
I've really gotten intentional about this year is making sure like, how can I, how can I really uh, just work on my faith and, and be more faith filled and be closer to God and, and, sometimes I get like, like, oh, I got to grit it out and I got to do it all on my own. And then I'm like, wait a minute. No, I can turn this over. I can let go and let God. Um, I've also gotten very intentional about like so many things. How can I do better for my business? How can I do better with my sobriety? You know, after my um, motorcycle accident, I was never a partier. I was so focused on my career and I was a single mom for a long time. And so I was just focused on my daughter and building my career. And then after my accident, when I was diagnosed with this nerve disease, I could not get out of pain and I was trying everything. And I started self-medicating with alcohol just to numb out the pain. And it wasn't just the physical pain. I was trying to stuff down the shame, the way that I looked at myself. I mean, I really didn't like, I, I was all scarred up now. And to go from being sponsored by Nike and doing fitness model modeling to being completely scarred and deformed from the hip down, that was all very hard. And so, um, by the grace of God, I got sober in 2016 and that's been a real journey. And it, it, it's been a very healing journey for me. And I will say that I think healing isn't linear. It's ups and downs and ebbs and flows and, it, and, I don't think we're ever to our final destination. It's always a process because there's been times when I thought, oh, I've healed from this thing or that thing. And then I get triggered and I'm like, what the heck? I thought I'd done all the therapy and all the work and re read all the books and healed that. But it's like, it's constantly learning and growing and evolving. And um, I don't know. I know I'm all over the place, but I just love talking with you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. And like, I'm relating with this too, with like, with my surgeries, I actually had my entire colon removed. And, you know, the vulnerability that it takes to speak up about going through things like these, like, that's what I said earlier. I don't know if it was like when we started or before, but it's like, just your voice, it, it inspires me to, you know, share my voice and, you know, inspire other people to speak up about their stories. And, you know, something that really stuck with me during those surgeries is I had a colonoscopy bag attached to me after that that first one and so even though I felt so much better like internally uh, yeah. mentally I was so much worse like I couldn't yeah. look at myself without thinking these horrible thoughts I couldn't even yeah. like look dead in the eye in the mirror every day I was just reaffirming how worthless I was and mm -hmm. I couldn't really see a future like without this illness or without this bag attached to me and it was just this crippling pain and I only had that for about three and a half months and I would say by far mentally during that time it was much worse I had complications after the second surgery and that's where the physical came in again but as far as that mental pain I kept those negative uh emotions and identity about myself the victim mindset even for mm -hmm. about a year and a half two years after the fact of that second surgery and that was something that was really hard for me to separate from like yeah. i was the world was against me and like i just i couldn't i was just always angry and irritated and so when you were talking about how after your surgeries like looking at yourself seeing the scars it's hard to like accept that 
and like this oh, I was in denial. I did not want exactly. to accept it. I did not want. I mean, and I relate so much to what you're saying, even though our stories are different. And you know, I remember going into this doctor and being proud because here I was pushing through the pain and pushing through the pain and upright on crutches. And one of my legs was a complete different color than the other. It was purple. I had no idea. I mean, the pain was excruciating, but I thought that was just part of it. And that was like, as an athlete, I was taught to push through the pain. And so when I walked into his office, he took a look at me, examined me, and he was like, um, you've got something very serious. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? I know I got hit by an SUV. That's pretty serious. But hey, look, I'm upright on crutches. And you said it'd take two years for me to start walking. He said, uh, are you the kind of girl that likes to push through pain? And I was like, well, heck yeah, I am. I, he can tell. I've got a PhD and suck it up. And he said, well, you need to stop. You've got a nerve disease. This, There's no cure for this. It's ranked highest on the pain scale. Your life is never going to be the same. You're going to be completely disabled. So you need to go back and get in your wheelchair. And I was like, okay, for how long? And he said, forever. I felt like I'd been kicked in the gut. And so I like you, the mental part of it was so hard. And that's why I think when I was trying all these treatments for pain and nothing was working and I just looked down and I I hated myself, I hated my leg. In fact, a year after my accident, I actually went to the doctor who saved it and said, hey, look, doctor, <laughs> I know you've done 34 surgeries to save my leg and I appreciate you, but we need to go ahead and cut it off. It's given me too much pain. And I thought that would be the end of that disease. And I could just move on. And I was willing to do that. And he said, well, we can't do that. I said, well, what do you mean? He sat down in front of me, put my leg in his lap. And he did something that changed my life. <sighs> he put my leg in his lap and he's like, looked at it like it was a masterpiece. Like, look at what he saved. And in that moment, something shifted to me. And I thought, wow, if he can look at my leg that way, maybe I can learn to look at it that way too. And it wasn't easy, but it was possible to every day start to get in more acceptance and start to love myself again and start to look at my scars as, wow, look at how amazing the human spirit is. Look at how amazing the body is and how it can heal. And I started looking at my scars as victories, uh, battles I had overcome instead of with disgust and everything started to change. And I remember I had this one doctor as I was in, uh, I was uh, being dismissed from the hospital the first time. And I was like, I'm so excited to be home. I can't wait to train clients again. I can't wait to run again. And this, and that and he goes oh well you'll never run again and he said i imagine with scars like that you'll never even wear shorts again and i just remember being feeling like i had been kicked in the gut again and you know and that became motivation for me and it took me two years but i was able to run again i didn't stay in my wheelchair um and now i wear a bikini I wear shorts, I wear skirts when I speak on stage, and I show my scars so others know that they can heal. It's so inspiring, and I don't want to gloss over that moment because it made me emotional there too. Like I could hear it in your voice, and you know those. I know it's gonna land with people. It's gonna connect with people that feel the same way about themselves, or you know whatever the case. Like we have different stories, but we go through those same emotions of self 
self-worth, depression, shame, guilt. Like we all feel those, even though they're different situations. And, you know, and sometimes we need people to believe in us before we can believe in ourselves. And sometimes we need people to love us until we can love ourselves again. And I think that, that really, you know, that doctor changed everything for me. And that's how I started to be in acceptance and acceptance is freedom. Acceptance allows you to take action steps to make your life the best that it can be. My husband loved me and loved my leg when I hated myself and he loved me until I could learn to love myself. And, and I, I say that because it's so important to have that self-love because it shows, it showed my daughter's that they can love themselves with imperfections, with exactly who they are. And can I just tell you a real quick story really quick? Yeah. Yeah. I'm loving this. Um, like, uh, so my, my youngest daughter, the one that likes to horse around and the reason I have a broken nose and stuff, she's man, she's been in the ER so many times. She's one tough horseback riding like cowgirl. And When she was little, if she's not riding a horse, she's pretending to be a horse and doing jumps and stuff like that. And so um, we were out and she was doing, pretending to be a horse and jumping over benches and stuff. And she wiped out, split her leg open, had to be taken to the the ER and she was getting stitches. We went back to the doctor to be checked and have the stitches out. And the doctor looked at her and said, Oh, wow. I'm sorry to say with a scar like this on your leg, your modeling days may be over. And she said, well, I don't care about a scar. Like, I I don't want to be a model. I'm going to grow up to be a horseback rider. And I was like, I am so happy to hear that she is confident in herself that a little scar like that isn't going to bother her. I mean, he probably said that to the wrong little girl, you know, (laughs) she's grown up with a mom full of scars. So, but it shows my daughters that her, your circumstances don't define you and it's your resilience that defines you and what you decide to do what's left of any situation or whatever you've got, you know? And so I just had to share that story because how we show up in the world gives permission. We're like walking permission slips. We give others permission to go after their dreams, to love themselves, to have kindness toward and compassion towards themselves. And so um, I want to be the best permission slip ever for my daughters and for others. Yeah. Yeah. And you're doing it. And what you said is exactly what shifted me out of that victim mentality is, you know, controlling what I can control. I started diving into stoicism philosophy and, you know, they talk about how just, just create a list, a T chart, things that are within your control, things without, without your control. And you can do that and only focus on what's within your control yeah, things are going to happen like uh, an accident or an illness where you're going to have to change your entire life. But what are the things in there that you can do better? What are the opportunities there? Just looking for those positives. I always say duality, like it's in my logo. We're, We're always walking through the fires, but there's always that glimmering hope of good. And knowing that there's that hope there there's that 1% out there, you know, that gives us a chance to go look for it and go find it and go capture it. And so, you know, that's, 
that's what I try to just bring to the table when I'm having these conversations, when I'm sharing my story. It's like, yeah, there we're all going to go through tough times, but look at what Amberly did. Look at what I did. Look what this other person did. They're all different, but we were able to have that grit and grace, get through it and, you know, come out on the other side and you can do it too. Well, I I just have to say, yeah, look at what you've overcome and to be 25 years old and to have the mindset and wisdom that you have is just unbelievable. So I'm just so impressed by you and all that you're doing. And I know that you're going to inspire more and more and more. I just, I really, really am inspired by all you're doing. Um, and I love what you said about, you know, letting go of what you can't control. I actually have the serenity prayer is my favorite prayer. And I even have it on my desk. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And that's one of the prayers I say every day. Um, and remember, which gets me through challenges and hard times. And, and it helps you let go of worry and anxiety and, and anything from big to small. Like, for instance, I have been dealing with, so my Facebook business page got hacked. And I was like, it w- it's been a nightmare, like just months trying to get my Facebook page back. Um Anyway, they got the hackers off. They gave me my page back for a day. And it was verified before you could like pay to be verified. Like it was like legitimately verified. And I'd worked hard and poured hours and hours and hours on that page to build it up. And um, I was like freaking out over, stressing out over, I got to get my page back. And what what am I going to do? And going back and forth with Meta. And then I was like, you know what? Who cares? Like, I can't control, that's not, it's not in my control. I don't own that. I don't own it. Meta owns it. Like I got to let it go. And so just this morning I messaged my team and I was like, I had started a new page that was having problems. I'm like, you know what? Don't just deactivate the page, just completely delete it. I was like, I got to let it go. Like Meta's in control of that. And I got to focus on what I can control, which is, my own website, my own email list, uh, my own podcast, those sort of things, you know? And so, and so, yeah, from little things, from something uh, as silly as when in the grand scheme of things, like Facebook is like, why am I even worried about that to something big? Like, oh, well, yeah, I woke up with my eye almost swollen shut or, oh yeah, I got to go in for another surgery or something like that. Like, what is it that we can control? And then also, I will say one thing that's really, really helped me. So whenever I'm feeling bad, or ever I'm worried, or I'm depressed, or anxious, or any of those things, I always see how I can be of service to others. So yesterday, you know, this, this, I, I smacked my, my head, um, and was in the ER not before last. And uh, I had told a friend of mine that I was going to go help her. She had a big opportunity. She's in the uh, Dallas Market Center, first time selling her jewelry line. And I was like, wanted to be there to help her build shelves and get set up. And I messaged her from the ER and I was like, hey, I just want to let you know I'm in the ER, but um, I will be there. I 
may have a couple of black eyes and might not, and I'm just getting stitches. So I'm not going to look great, but I'm going to show up. And, and you know what, even though I had a headache all day yesterday, I still showed up for her because it took me out of any kind of self-pity and it brought me joy to get to go help her, to get to talk to her, to get to hug her. Um, and, and, and so anytime I, I like, I always say, how can I go serve? How can I go help? And, you know, my husband sometimes will be like, Amberly, you don't have to do so much. Why are you doing so much? You, you're, you know, you're all over the place. You're traveling everywhere. You're coaching so many people. You're doing all these things. And I said, yeah, but honey, if I were just to sit home with my leg up, staring down at my leg, thinking about the pain that I'm in because of complex regional pain syndrome, I said, I would be so depressed and unfulfilled. I said, going out and helping others gives the pain that I have, I experience, it gives it purpose. It lights a fire under me. And so I always say, man, if you're feeling like it's okay, we all have pity parties, like we all have those moments, but and we can do that, but we just can't stay there. And if you're ready to get out of that victim mentality and you want to be the victor of your life, go see how you can help somebody. And it changes everything. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I hear about like other people, mutual friends, they'll just mention you and say how, you know, you're an amazing woman, but you're also the same person off camera. And what you just shared there, like you're in the ER, but you still want to go and support your friend and be there for her during this, you know, exciting, you know, new opportunity for her. Like that just shows that, you know, you are there for your, your people and you're going to be there to support them. And, you know, something that I'm thinking about, you mentioned turning pain into purpose. That's basically been like the message of my story as I've been continuing to share and bring on other stories. I'm curious with your your accident specifically, how have you seen that to be like a blessing in disguise going forward? Because that that would knock a lot of people out for the rest of their life. And, you know, they would stay on the pain medications, they'd stay in the wheelchair, but you decided to bounce back and, you know, you're making something out of it. So I'd love for you to touch on that. Um, well, you know, I, I think, again, I think everything I went through as a, a kid helped me get through those moments. And I remember being really little, um, well, eight years old, when the sexual abuse happened with my stepdad, um, my parents got divorced and I was sexually abused by my stepfather. And, um, I remember doing whatever I could to feel better. And I think that joy and pain can coexist and we, it's up to us to make the choice to build upon the joy. And so I chose to really like from a young age, get very involved. And I was at the dance studio almost every day. And um, I don't know why my mom allowed me to do this, but after football games, um, she would let me go to the locals called the Royal. It's kind of like a Dairy Queen. And with all the band from the high school and they would put money on the jukebox and I was little and they'd put me on the corner table and I would tap dance and dance. And it just, I could see the joy that it brought everybody and they were laughing and clapping and that brought more joy to me. And I loved seeing them smile. And I thought, wow, 
this is awesome. I can dance and and it brings people joy. And so it started to be where everywhere I would go, like my mom would say, do a tap dance for them. And I'd do a tap dance and people would clap. And it wasn't that I was doing it because I wanted people to clap for me. I was doing it because I loved seeing them smile. And, and, and so I remembered after my accident, I was like, well, what brings me joy? I might not be able to dance right now. I can't work out right now, but what can I do? And I was like, um, well, I can still work with people. And I love seeing that transformation in people. And I think that a lot of times the things that bring us joy when we're really young are still connected to the things that bring us joy later in life. And so now the work that I do, although it's a little different. Well, I still dance on stage, by the way. I still get on stage and dance. I can't, I can't control myself, but I get to see the joy in people's in the spark in their eyes when they have these transformations, when, whether I'm speaking from stage or whether I'm coaching people in my mastermind. And that to me is what I started to focus on. And, you know, you mentioned something about being resilient and how did I bounce back? Well, actually I didn't bounce back. I tried to bounce back and I tried really, really hard to fix what was broken and to go back to the way I was doing things. Cause I had this successful fitness company and I employed several other trainers and I kept trying to get back, bounce back and go back to training clients like that. And it wasn't until one day I'd had a sur- another surgery and my husband was at the gym where I worked and he came over and he was like, Oh my gosh, Amberly, get off your leg. What are you doing? And I had some stitches that had busted through. And so I was bleeding across the gym floor. And that was the day that I thought, okay, how's that working for you? Well, I think that's a good question we can all ask ourselves. How's that working for you? Is it helping you or is it hurting you? And I was like, I'm not serving myself, my family, or really clients the best way that I can. So I asked myself, what what brings me joy? And it was working with people. And I was like, okay, well, how can I work with people in a different way? And so I started just like sharing after a lot of therapy, a lot of tears, a lot of uh, recovery, 12 step, step meetings, um, started sharing my story on social media and decided to write a book. And I mean, I say share And I always say you share from a scar, not an open wound. Like I'd really done a lot of healing work before I started to share and um, started connecting with like-minded people and then started getting asked from others, like, how did I learn to share my story? How did I start to speak on stages? How did I do my book? And, And then that's how I started coaching entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs. And so I think it's a step by step, like in realizing that, one day at a time and taking these small, sometimes it's baby stepping it all the way, but that resilience is really your ability to choose courage and have the life you've always imagined, even when things don't go as planned and that it is bouncing forward. It's moving forward no matter what. It's being unstoppable. Um, And being unstoppable doesn't mean we don't fall and smack ourselves on the head. It just means we get back up. (laughs) It doesn't mean that we don't completely suck at launching a course. That's happened to me too. We just figure out another way and keep going. 
Yeah, there's not necessarily a roadmap to resilience. Like, yeah, you might have an inspirational figure, but you're going to have to go through your trials and tribulations and your own obstacles that you're going to have to individually overcome. And yeah, you can get support from others to, you know, uplift you and get through it together. But a lot of the times it's just going to be you and that obstacle. And it's just this like staring match. Who's going to move first? Who's going to do something here? And, yeah. Um, that, can, and, and that can take a while. Yeah, it, it can. And, you know, I, I think it's instead of, you know, um, for me after all of this, instead of going like, why me? You know, I'm like, why not me? Yeah. Why not me to to show others that they can can keep moving forward no matter what? I mean, look, and I think it's very, very important to seek counsel and not opinion, because even when I decided to write my book, um, I had people and mostly people closest to me that they're like, oh, my gosh, you're the fitness girl. Like, you don't even own a computer. Like you don't have a college education. How are you going to write a book? And, and, and they weren't saying that to be mean. They were saying it, I think in a way to protect me and because they had never written a book. But when I went and asked someone who had already written a book and I got some solid counsel from them, because everybody's got an opinion, especially people who've never done what you want to do. But when you seek counsel, you, have a mentor, a coach, or just somebody that's willing to, that has done what you want to do and they're willing to help you along that road, that's where the magic happens. And so I always say, seek counsel, not opinion. And uh, um, if somebody like me that doesn't have a college education that, you know, I had $2.9 million worth of medical expenses. We had a lien on our house. I completely reinvented what I do and how I do it and started my new business. Um, if I can do that, then I want to share and write a book. Anybody can do it. It's possible. It's just having the discipline to and being committed in the perseverance and being surrounded by the right community. Mm. Yeah. And that's experiences plus mindset equals growth too. here at EMG transformations. Like I just kind of pulled my story, but then I started looking at other stories and I'm like, Hey, this is what everyone goes through to overcome and get to that next level, whether it's your health, your career, uh, personal situations. Like we all have to go through these experiences at some point or another, we're going to keep on doing the same thing over and over again. Then we're going to have this aha moment where something clicks, we change our mindset shifts, we have a new perspective, we start making new choices. And then that leads to the growth and, you know, just hearing your story, relating it back to mine, hopefully someone else can relate that into their lives. Like, I just want to get that principle and that philosophy to know that, hey, like, yeah, I'm going through tough times now, but this isn't like a a life sentence. I don't have to stay in this position for the rest of my life. I don't have to, you know, be a victim to this illness the rest of mm -hmm. my life. And so you can move forward. You can make that transformation. You can get healthier. You can lean into your faith and discover new things that you've never known before and have these doors open that you would have never seen coming. And so it all just starts with that that first small step that you mentioned earlier and you know baby steps you know some days it's going to be like that but 
if you continue to make the choice to make that baby step, even if it's just getting that 1% better that day, that's going to carry over and have a compound effect. And then the next day, you're going to have some more confidence because you did it the day before. And so I just love sharing your story because it really is the definition of resilience. And, you know, as we're wrapping up here, it's like, yeah, you may not be going through what Amberly went through or what I went through, but at the same time, we're all going through something and we need to make the most of that. And, you know, that's what you did. Well, thank you. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I love that you said we're all going through something because we most definitely, all of us have challenges, big and small. And you know what? I think we're all just trying to figure it out. I mean, even just talking with my friend yesterday, what's so great about talking uh, with other entrepreneurs is she's very, very, very successful, like huge jewelry company. And Sometimes she's like, you know, it's so great to connect with you because sometimes it gets kind of lonely as an entrepreneur because you reach new levels. And I'm like, yeah, new levels, new devils, you know, um, and that's why it's so important. I, I think one of the the biggest things that this whole experience has taught me is um, I was always very self-reliant, you know, grew up, started working when I was 13, had my first job, um, saved up enough money to move to California. I was always like, I got to just do it on my own. No one's going to help. I got to be, do this. And, and what I've learned is that really, I can't say it enough that grit without connection is resistance. It feels like you're clawing your way to the top. Like you're constantly, you're going through quicksand, you're hitting roadblocks, burnout, um, and, and grit with connection that is where resilience is born. That's where we truly find the resilience. And so I can't stress enough, like don't do it alone. Um, Reaching out has been what has saved my life when I was having like really dark thoughts and about ready to give up on life. Um, It's what's helped me as an entrepreneur. It's what's propelled my podcast. It's my relationships in every way. And so, yeah, don't do it alone. Um, Reach out to Dan. Reach out to me. Shoot, tag us when you're listening to this. Tag us on social media so we can see. Um, And also, I would love to give your listeners something like special I just put together because I was thinking about resilience and how they could – use this for a a roadmap for their own, whatever it's, whether it's health, whether it's, you know, their business, whatever that may be. It's, um, I have a workbook or I like to call it a playbook that I've put together with my pacer methodology, which enables you to tap into your own resilience and thrive. And if you just tap, uh, you know, just text me the word grit to 818-214-7378. You can just text just the word grit and you'll get that playbook. Then after you do that or before, you can text me if you have questions. That's really me getting back to you. I've got people that'll text me and go, is this really you? And I'm like, yeah, it's really me. That's why it took me a couple of days to get back to you, but it's really me. My favorite thing to do is to connect with others. And I just want you to know you're never alone in your struggles. Um, that we've got this together that, yeah, we're strong alone, but together we're unstoppable. Amazing. I love that. That's how we're going to wrap up this episode with uh, 
that generosity. Thank you for inspiring your kindness with us and to support us on our journeys as well. So um, what is your your favorite social media platform that you're most active on so we can also get in touch and just get involved uh, with what you got going on in your world as well? Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I am hanging out mostly on Instagram at Amberly Logo Motivation. And in my bio, you can find I've got a lot of free resources. I've got a whole uh, video series on if you are interested in learning how to become a speaker to share your message or podcasting or writing a book, or just increase your influence. My Rise and Thrive video series is there. It's completely free. You get a free video into your inbox every week. Um, and then you can find out more about my podcast, my book. I've got a new book coming out. Oh, I'm scared. I'm excited and scared. Uh, I got to start writing, but it's been on a sticky note on, right here on my computer for a year and it's finally happening. So, but you can, I love, uh, connecting. So let me know, um, that you heard this episode so I can reach out to Dan and tell him, thank you. Um, and yeah, Dan, you're amazing. I just, I'm so grateful that we connected. I did feel an instant connection with you when we first met and I got so excited when I looked in my inbox and saw you were coming to my event in April, like I am so excited to see you at the Unstoppable Success Summit and hug your neck in person. Um, and yeah, so you can find information about the upcoming event we have with speakers like John Gordon, Ben Good, uh, Ben Newman, Rudy Ricks, things, uh, Rachel Luna, Henry Amar, and many more. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to see you. Yeah, you too. Like I'm getting pumped up and I know this is the end, but um, yeah, guys, get your tools to, you know, spark your transformation with all of Amberly's resources. And, you know, if you're feeling a little frisky, join us in Dallas too, because this is going to be an amazing <laughs> event and, you know, amazing people there. Like if you guys are looking for a community, like these are going to be your people, faith-driven people that are looking to do good in the world. So I'm just so grateful to be a part of it, and um, I'm happy to extend the invitation out to you guys as well. <laughs> so, oh, Amberly. Thank you. Thank you. You're so yeah. awesome. Amberly, thank you so much for blessing us today and uplifting us with your energy and inspiring us with your grit and grace. Your kindness, perseverance, and positivity shine hope, and the world is a brighter and better place because of you. Thank you so much for joining us today and empowering me and those listening with the strength to keep moving forward on our difficult days. Truly means the world. Oh, well, thank you. You are just so kind. I just appreciate you. Thank you so much. And you're so awesome. You're incredible. I cannot believe what a great interviewer you are. You're so great. Oh, wow. Thank you. So I mean, this has truly been like a natural conversation. I got like five more questions that I'm here. Like I can still ask you, but I, I just like to go with the flow. And, you know, I felt this conversation. So thank you so much for being vulnerable to share, you know, these things that are hard to share. And I know it's going to help a lot of people out there. And I'm just so grateful for our friendship as well. Oh, I'm grateful for you. Are you ready to take charge of your health and transform your life? Well, get ready because we have the solution for you. Introducing the Nova Fusion 21-Day Wellness and Resilience Challenge, the ultimate program designed to stack massive momentum, achieve peak performance, 
and spark your transformation. In just 21 days, you can experience a total wellness revolution. Our challenge is jam-packed with daily inspiration, education, downloadable resources, and exciting challenges to keep you fired up and on track. But that's not all. When you join the challenge, you'll also become a member of our exclusive Nova Fusion family. Together, we'll support and uplift one another as we continue to grow and thrive. Unlock the secrets of the world's best wellness and resilience practices to stay mentally and physically fit for a lifetime. From renewing healing practices to transformative high-performance techniques, we've got you covered. And here's something that sets us apart. I believe in these practices so much that I'm offering a money-back guarantee. That's right, if you don't see results, you can get your money back so you have absolutely nothing to lose but everything to gain. So what are you waiting for? Take advantage of this limited time opportunity right now. Go to novafusion.co slash challenge to sign up and embark on the journey of a lifetime. Let's spark your transformation together. I can't wait to see you on the other side.